Welcome to the Tea with Tamara podcast. I'm Tamara Arnold. And it wasn't that long ago that I was a broke single mom drinking way too much, completely detached from everything. Now I've written multiple books, downloaded I Could Read Chakras, and I'm a channel for the universe. I'm a real person with real stories, and I can't wait to share them with you. So grab a warm bevy and let's have some enlightened conversation to live our best life. All right, you guys, this is a special treat. Uh, It's Tea with Tamara and Mark Cordon, and I don't even want to give you any more information, but be prepared for when this podcast starts. It starts like nothing you have ever heard from me before. Mark! Am I barging in on anything? (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. (laughs) Fancy new dig. Look where you are now. I am. You like it? it well, it's, I mean, nice. it's there. I mean, I, I've been here for three days. So I'm in, I, this is me in LA now. It feels like a clean slate. It does. It feels good. Very it feels, good. <laughs> so, yeah. So I have to like throw you under the bus right away. Yeah, please do. Hold on one second. Let me get the, um, let me I, I let me get the sound up. That's all right. I heard you say throw me under the bus. So I was like, yeah, I want to hear this. You legitimately tell people in your program that you are not spiritual. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Welcome to the spiritual podcast of all spiritual podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Are we? Are we on? Are we recording? No. Okay. Not, oh, we are on. That's hilarious. <laughs> this might be the blooper reel. Hey, everybody. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. Well, what is the? What is this rated, by the way? Just so- <laughs> there is an explicit. I don't think I've ever had a podcast that started recording right away. I think that was supposed to be on the podcast. You I asshole! <laughs> it's out. It's out. I'm out of the closet. I know. And I think that right here, I just kind of want to be like, hey, everybody. I'm <laughs> I was outed for the new year. I was outed. There is I'm nothing. Not spiritual. <laughs> you are lying. You are lying. And I want to have a whole conversation with you about how you are lying. That was we, Let's go there today. Let's go there. I need to. I need to fix this for a second. Like I'm having some audio issues. So like, just give me a second here to, to figure okay. out what's meantime, going on. Let me just take a pause in this uh, broadcast to tell you that I am super excited to have one of my favorite humans um, live here in person with you all. I've been blessed to know him for at least a year and honored to be on the golden mic multiple times. There is a piece of me that has been secretly dropping an intention that Mark and I will one day uh, have a podcast together. And if you listen to this episode and feel the chemistry between us and think it's a good idea, please don't hesitate to let us know. Just being in his presence hypes me up in the most magical way. And as you can tell within the first seconds of us being on mic together, it's like everything gets dropped like it's hot. Period exclamation mark. 
Arnold, are we live? What the hell's going on? I have. Are we live right now? Oh yeah, I'm totally keeping this as the live intro to the podcast. <laughs> awesome. This is awesome already. Yes. Okay, let's do this. I happy New Year. I am so happy that like this is one of like the ways to kick off the year is to to look at the calendar and be like, yes, Arnold and I are gonna sit down. And uh, she's going to call me out on all my bull crap today. <laughs> I can see into your soul. <laughs> I know you can. <laughs> this is horrible. <laughs> and awesome at the same time. So there is no way that you can say something to me. And I, because I will know when you are not telling the full truth. And I will ask. Ask the specific questions to bring out that full there. in you. Go there. Let's do this. Let's do this. All right. So what a fun introduction, everybody, like to the chaos that just is Mark and I as a whole. But to like kind of lead in even more, Mark, my favorite question to kind of begin the podcast is like, tell me about, about Mark. Who is Mark? Oh, good God. I mean, I... <laughs> <laughs> I was asking that. I asked myself that before I, I get on the podcast. When I get off the podcast, when I, I don't know. It's 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 a question I ask myself quite a bit. I I know one of the things that has been pretty amazing um, to be the son of Filipino immigrants and uh, to want to please other people for a long period of time. That uh, there's sort of this external mark that has been showing up for a long period of my life, and. Uh, I don't know about you or or any of the other listeners, but there's always been this other mark that has been like kind of a Calvin and Hobbes, right? Like he's always he's been playing when no one else is around. And that's more of the mark that's been showing up maybe for the past year, year and a half, as I've been meeting people like you, Tamara. And like, um, it's it's more of this sort of process where I'm like not envisioning anything and I'm just kind of showing up and I'm saying whatever comes to mind and uh, not rejecting things and not uh, trying to suppress as many things, um, not worrying as much uh, in terms of what people think, uh, not thinking as much in terms of my role. I mean, probably five months ago, if you asked me who is Mark, I'd be like, Mark is a positive psychologist, blah, 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 blah. I've got a backstory of this. And, and we can talk about that during the podcast, but like Mark is just present right now. I'm happy to to be talking with you. We, well, and yeah. I love this because right away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going into an esoteric like spin. <laughs> I know. We, we just tapped spirituality on the head with that entire thing. That is not spiritual. <laughs> is, can people see what you're doing to me right now? Like you've got nope. your arms open. <laughs> you're giving me neck treatment right now. Oh my gosh, this is brutal. This is like the the spiritual version of like um uh, of like a roast. <laughs> like I'm so screwed. Well, because like everything that you just said is trusting and allowing. Shit. <laughs> right, and so that is giving up the need to be in control and knowing that, that there's something greater at play that you can lean into. And, and not have to have that worry and not have to have that fear and not have to have the explanations or any of that. And you know what? I think that 
that has been something probably in the past decade that has been really difficult uh, to, to come from a place where I worked in academics for so long to be in a master's program and a PhD program and all this other uh, stuff, which is great. But also at the same time, at the end of the day, in order to, to get the grade, in order to pass, in order to get your PhD, you have to explain. And with certain things in the past 10 years, I'm just like, I can explain and I don't know the answer and I'm cool with that. I don't know if that makes any sense. And so as a positive psychologist, there's certain things that, yes, I've been hinting at for the past year, like positive psychology is great. It explains a lot. It goes into neuroscience, but it ends at a certain place. And there's a certain leap that you have to take after positive psychology. Call it positive. I mean, call it spirituality, woo, whatever. You know, I'm actually going to call it something with you that I think that you'll resonate with because I actually am friends with people that work with Mark. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> this, this is your life right now? And we're going to bring him on to roast Mark some more. <laughs> it's not meant to be a roast, but, like, even the way that they describe how you work with them is a level of intuition, of knowing of like kind of being able to see where they are and, and, and expand into that for them. That's an intuition of them individually, right? Like that is in essence, you know, you can't explain intuition. It just is. Yes. And, and there's this, uh, there's this certain moment in which when you're connecting to another human being where there's empirical data, there's all this other stuff, and then there's this other path that sometimes is with empirical data, but sometimes is not, where just both of your hairs are standing up, right? Like with, between the two people, you can't explain that. And I'm like, is that wrong? That this person is feeling better? As I'm feeling better, I'm feeling more energized, and I'm not going as much with, well, Martin Seligman says this, and this is the process to go through this, 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 and this, and actualizing, and Maslow. And I think it's been a great background, but also at the same time, there's a certain amount of unlearning that happens in life. And I'm so excited about whatever that's called, whether it be spirituality or whatever, and I'm loving it. Right. So I'm going <laughs> to, you know, I'm like, I so like, let's, let's, let's have another little thought because this is, this is my, this is my belief, Mark. Right. Um, is no. that there is a place in which we do everything in our physical human existence. Right. Like there is like our, our, our life experience, if you will, so to speak. Right. And that can only carry us so far. It is the education. It is the schooling. It is everything that we do on the physical plane. Right. But then there is, there's a part like where we get to a certain level or space in our life where we realize that there is something beyond that. Kind of like you said, positive psychology can take you to this place, but then there's something like beyond that, right? Yes. And so to me, in my world, is that there is a unification that needs to take place from the perspective of our physical plane experience and then that of our innate inner knowing, our gift, if you will, our intuition, our however we look at, at labeling that experience 
expanded version of ourselves, which I tend to see it as a spiritual gift. And when we merge those two together. <laughs> Are you trying to convince me of something? You guys need to see her body language right now. <laughs> I talk with my hands, Mark. That's, yeah. that's what I do. I'm just closing my door. So keep talking. You talk. Okay. You talk to me. Well, I, I'm. I, I love the idea of unification, and uh, you know what, T? Like this is this is the first time I'm probably gonna. This is maybe the the third time I've said this to another human being, and the first time I've said this in a public platform. Um, but I do. Uh, I mean. <laughs> Anyone who works with me knows that there's something more that, to me than just the positive psychology piece. And I love playing the role of the fool in the king's court, um, especially given the fact that anyone who's been somewhat monitoring my behaviors in the past like two months have seen that I've had a very skewed amount of people coming on to my show who are very spiritual. And it's almost as if I get to stop and like be that fool that's like, yeah, tell me more about spirituality. What? This is weird. This is, and it's not. It actually is sort of that bridge where I get to take my audience and expand their knowledge and push them to think in the same way that, um, you know, being in a PhD program where, where I was like, uh, there's got to be more to this than empirical data. There's got to be more to this than um, uh, that's, that, that sort of uh, literature review. There, there's, there's an experiential piece that I'm bringing in. There's a sort of knowing that existed. Uh, <laughs> this is so weird. There's this knowing that existed before whatever I am entered this meat suit, this, this thing, this skin and bones, whatever. Whatever it is that's inside here entered that, and it brought in a certain amount of knowledge that I think now I would love to acknowledge. And I love the fact that I get to play with that now. And I love the fact that a lot of people are calling me out and saying, dude, we're on to you. You're more like a pro wrestler. You're kind of like giving a wink, wink, and nod, nod with this positive psychology stuff and um, kind of going back to certain things. There, I think we've talked about certain things about 15 years ago when I was on a very spiritual path and I got scared and I deviated from that. And I was like, I need, I need to know, I need, I need to know everything. I need to know, I need to read every book. And if it's not in the book, then it doesn't exist. And it's really cool to come full circle now. So let's go back there. Yeah. Um, let's go back to that. <laughs> <laughs> so because it really sets that the groundwork the framework that you know brings you to to that full circle so you know would do, were you born in the philippines or did you come oh like were your parents already? yeah my parent my parent my parents uh immigrated to the united states uh dad was in california which i think is great because i'm there now um mom was in uh in uh, minnesota they met at a party in Ohio, and they were like, we, didn't we see each other once in the Philippines, and now we're seeing each other like, in the United States, and they're like, we got to do something great. So they uh, made me. <laughs> 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 and uh, so th that's kind of where things started, and I think they started with a certain um, dream for what it is that they wanted me to be, and I, I interpret that, interpreted that as uh, I need to mimic their story 
and become a medical doctor like they 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 were um also at the same time there was a lot of indoctrination that was happening with like um uh catholicism like i remember the first time i learned about the devil and they taught me how to like uh shoot the middle finger like i shot the middle finger to the devil like i, I went into the like my room and i was like go to hell devil <laughs> like i was like that catholic boy i was such how a old were you when you were giving the finger to the devil margaret like damn the man uh, i was i was 39 <laughs> yeah I was 39 <laughs> uh, when, I, when i learned the finger no i, I remember being like uh, it was probably around uh, i was uh, like seven years old and uh, they taught me the middle finger. And I, the, so the first middle finger I ever pointed was towards the devil, uh, whatever that meant, you know? And I just remember pointing my fingers towards the ground and being like, you're not gonna get me devil. And uh, you know, fast forward about 20 years and I remember being in graduate school, looking at the crucifix saying, um, so I've been living a lie. I'm talking to a piece of wood right now and a statue and you're supposed to be bleeding and I'm uh, supposed to follow your suffering and I don't understand this anymore. Um, and like, I really went through this period of becoming very angry that I've been living a lie. Um, I've been blindly following. Um, and in many ways I'll, I'll show up on Sunday, uh, pretend to be remorseful so that other people could see me being remorseful, stand up, sit down when I was told. And I just didn't get it. I didn't get it anymore. And I remember starting um, something that was more along the line of, lines of a search, a uh, sojourn, and thinking, okay, I'm abandoning Catholicism, uh, Filipino ideals, and I remember going uh, with my partner to uh, New York, and we started, uh, she introduced me to, uh, I, I don't know if I've ever said this before, like pr pranic and Reiki healing, and I was I was this guy, uh, I was the guy that would take smoke breaks, you know, like I would take smoke breaks. It was very bad to my body. And I started treating my body better. And I started to experience the world in a different way. Like I started showing up differently and things started to glow around people. <laughs> and I got scared. I have to say, I got scared in my mid twenties, but also at the same time, I remember T like the hair standing up saying, oh my God, this is exactly what Catholicism was trying to preach. Like, this is what it was trying to tell me in the name of the Father and of the Son. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, it was like all these auras were aligning all of a sudden and the chakras were aligning. And um, uh, our Father suddenly was meaningful to me. Um, I, I, I remember uh, this feeling of just being like, this makes so much more sense and I have purpose and I have meaning. And then I remember there was just a day that I, I, I was on a really good track. Uh, you know, I, I, I fell in line. I started listening to uh, what folks were, were, were talking about with energy and spirituality and, and connectivity and meaning and purpose and things greater than us. And I started to think that, okay, if there's these wonderful things that exist in the universe, there's also got to be an opposite of that. And if I'm beginning to experience the wonderfulness, then I'm about to experience the really shitty part. And I wasn't ready to handle that. Like I wasn't ready to look at that. I wasn't ready to face some of those things, you know? And, and I think that that was sort of like coming full circle, like, oh, maybe some things like the devil is real, even though it's more in my head now, I feel it's more a psychological thing, the devil. But like, 
I started to think that those things would be real forces in my life. And I would have rather been ignorant and tried to go back to my ignorance and follow that path. And so in many ways, I went to positive psychology trying to think, okay, can I pray my way back to being happy and ignorant again? And the thing was, was that the more positive psychology I studied, the more it wasn't about happiness, the more it wasn't about shits and giggles, and the more it was about like, um, you're going to go through some pain, but you don't have to suffer through that. And I was like, oh my God, positive psychology is like Eastern philosophy and Western philosophy and all this stuff coming together again. And uh, so like doctrine is blurred right now. Um, Seligman and Plato, like everything is blurred right now. Everyone is a teacher and everyone is a learner and I'm just loving that kind of experience. And I know I'm jumping all over the place because I'm so like high on energy right now, but like that's sort of where I was like 10 years ago. And I think in coming full circle to, to be able to write again, uh, you know, like that book Beyond Resilient, which was about positive psychology. But at the end, I end with, wait, I'm finishing this book on positive psychology. And that's not even the answer. That's the beginning, you know? And so that was the beginning of my journey to like checking out other things that exist out there and coming back. Well, and I think like the question that came up when you were talking was like, when you were in that beautiful space of, you know, feeling as if the universe was that oneness and that completion, did you think maybe it was the Catholic teaching of good and bad, right? Like that was a pre-program that you had been in for so long. Like that was embedded into your subconscious brain as being the only thing you knew, right? So like when you got to that high, high, do you feel that it was that, that religious, like, belief that called out all of that fear of the, the, the bad, the demons, the this, the that. Yes. I felt like I had escaped um, something that I never thought that I could escape. I, I felt like I had been living in a, basically an invisible tapestry that had caged me. Right. And so at that point to experience pure joy and pure elation, that those things weren't real. Like it, fractured woo term yeah cracked my ass open it fractured me and uh i just it it was almost like the greatest of highs um natural or fabricated that someone can experience i love that feeling of 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 freedom and for me to go into coaching that's oftentimes why I, I love coaching. It doesn't matter whether it's positive psychology or whatever kind of approach someone takes, but that idea that someone can come in and say, there's no fucking way that I can achieve this. And you can crack their tapestry. And it's like, guess what? You've been living within this doctrine, which has been a bullshit doctrine, doctrine that keeps you small. And you can crack that open and you can accelerate very quickly in your development. Um, that's why I went into coaching because it was almost like a return to that, you know? And so, and so these folks who I was like, oh, these bullshit gurus and masters and people who I'm not gonna follow, like it started making sense. It started making sense why folks were doing the things that they were. Coaches started making sense. Um, and it wasn't only parents and professors that were the only two people that would pass on knowledge. It was everybody that would pass on knowledge. Um, it wasn't Catholicism that was the only right thing. Everything was perfect. 
It was the fact that I, as a human, was interpreting it all fucked up. I don't know if that makes any sense. Oh, it so makes sense because it's so like universal. <laughs> Fuck this show. <laughs> one of the number one laws of the universe is oneness, right? Oh like you're all... yeah. <laughs> right. So, that, it... so let me ask you this: How do you? How do we know that these laws of the universe are absolute laws? Because that's what I'm thinking right now is like, is this just a, you know, like, because I grew up thinking that Catholic doctrine was absolute law. Now there's almost like universal doctrine. But is that absolute? I don't. Well, actually, this, it is proven. Like, this is energy based, right? Like, yeah. this has everything to do with our molecular structure and a frequency that we emit in a vibration, which then is readable but not necessarily readable because it's only when we focus on it that it's readable which tells us that it does in fact exist so you're laughing at me right now because you see that i'm doing the classic cordon play stupid ploy so you can like educate the audience and me on what we want to hear so like i appreciate that i just love you this is why I think we'd have a great podcast together. However, going back, because one of the things Cordon is also very good at, everybody, is distracting away from, from things he, he doesn't necessarily want to talk about. And so I, you're great at it. And I want to bring it to, because it's great that we can talk up until that point where, you know, you turned away. And then there's this, like, mysterious decade. It's a very mysterious decade. Yeah. Like, so you literally just turned off all your, your spiritual gifts. You shut down your capacity because, like, you were in the receiving mode. You were living in joy. That is the highest vibrational emotion that we can experience. That is what we all, like, are working towards on an energetic emotional plane to reach. And you, you eclipsed that. You made it there, got scared of that sensation of feeling of joy, the highest level emotional state, and said, oh, my God, and shut Shut it down. I shut it. I mean, I went and I remember I went and uh, I went and ate like really uh, all the foods they told me not to put in my body. I remember eating it that night. I remember picking up a pack of cigarettes again. Um, I remember I, I, like it was almost like I remember uh, I, I remember getting into sweats and throwing up. It was almost like I was forcing the poison into my body so I wouldn't have to. There was someone in that corner, in, in, in that room that day, that was an energy body with no physical body. And I couldn't handle that anymore. I couldn't handle seeing that. And I couldn't handle the fact that other people saw what I saw as well. Now, you can call, like, psychology would go and say that we had experienced mass hysteria for a second because we all thought we saw something, right? But also at the same time, that's where my life experience was very real to me. And like, just because it could have been written off as mass hysteria, I still feel what I saw and I got scared because I was like, if that thing is protecting me, what is it protecting me from? Shut down the joy, don't wanna feel it, I, if I need to have helpers, like, I want to do it myself. I don't want to listen to you guys anymore. Like, I'm going back to school. I'm going to be an angry Asian, and I'm going to teach angry Asian stuff like I was doing before. 
And which is what's really funny was we sat down and we manifested the perfect job for me. And it's like, be careful what you wish for. I got the angry Asian job. And what I was, was the angry Asian job? Multicultural programs and services. And I remember coming back and being like, I've experienced this joy, shut it off. And I was like, okay, college kids, if you're not angry with doing social justice work, you're not doing it right. If you're not this, if you're not feeling guilt about what your parents have done um, to come to this country, blah, 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 blah. But I was just passing on my own bullshit to them, you know? And uh, I remember uh, I was just getting worn out and worn out and worn out and getting angrier and angrier and angrier. Uh, and uh, I, was, I would spend days at work trying to fix people, you know, um, trying to be that healer that uh, I was trying, I abandoned up in New York, you know, and um, not getting any of it myself. Uh, I wanted to, to just be the healer and not be healed. I was the wounded, the wounded warrior, you know, and um, there was a point where choices came into play. And uh, I remember a, a student came into my office and was like, Mark, I found the perfect class. And I'm like, what is it? Is it like women's live meets African-American studies? What is it like Asian-American, like, um, you know, uh, decolonization? And he was like, no, it's a, a course on happiness. And I'm like, get the fuck out of my office. We got a war to fight, man. Come on, dog. And then he left his syllabus and I was like, let me look up these like <laughs> these positive psychologists. And that started a route where I was like, wait, hold on, the joy that I originally abandoned with that spirituality, if that can be brought back to the work that I'm doing as a, a social justice um, practitioner, maybe there's a way that we can actually enact change, we can have purpose, and we can change history for the better while doing it, instead of being an angry Asian that's burning out and teaching other angry Asians to be angry and burn out themselves. And so that's when things started moving towards a positive psychology bent. Still, I needed, at the end of the day, I needed empirical data. And so I soaked it all in. I soaked it all in. I soaked it all in. And I remember just the more I studied, the more spirituality was in front of my face. And I remember going to a, a conference and being like, uh, yeah, and so the prefrontal cortex develops like blah, 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 blah. And there was a bunch of... Uh, doctors and psychologists in the room and I was trying to explain things with theory and I was like it's not like that bullcrap prayer stuff that those Catholics do and they go hold up young man hold up dude and they're like you obviously don't understand the theory then because if you actually are sending out intentions if you are actually praying for the good of others there's actually development in certain parts of the brain that are larger than other, than other areas where people do who don't believe in things greater than themselves, um, they don't have that. And people who have these larger areas in the brain actually are more resilient. They are happier with their lives. They have less regrets at the end of their lives. And I was like, dude, that's like some of the first Catholic stuff before it got all weird and I started flicking off the devil. Like that was some of the pure stuff that I was, I was learning. Um, and I remember being at this place, um, T, where it was my birthday and I was writing a paper. How old were you? I just like... I was like 
29 or 30 at this point. And I was writing a paper. I was really lonely because uh, it was my birthday. I was like turning 30. Um, I, I was living with my partner at the time. Um, I had told her to go and celebrate with my friends because I needed to, I needed to stay home and write this paper. And I remember being in like the opposite of hope. I remember feeling despair. And I was like, I don't want to write papers anymore. There's something more to life than this. Um, I don't want to live my life just writing and researching. I don't believe in God anymore. I don't believe in anything. And I just remember saying, I was like, please, I'm so desperate. Like right now, like if this is the weirdest shit, but like, if there's anyone out there right now, please show me a sign that I'm not by myself. The second I asked it, I so strange T bolt of lightning, like went from my feet to my head from my feet to my head. And I felt like there was a, uh, I felt like there was a, like a, a group of like helpers or whatever, like just laughing their asses off being like, dude, we were trying to tell you like 15 years ago, man. You, you're the one who asked us to like fuck off, but we're still following you around, man. Like we're still here, dog. And like, I was like, do it again, do it again. And like, they didn't like, none of that stuff ever happened again, but when I needed it, it happened and that will be something I never will forget. And it's something when I go into the golden mics and something when I work with, um, when I work with my clients or when I talk to you, that's the feeling that I want to recreate again. That's the feeling no human should ever go through life feeling alone, you know? And so like that, just that little tap where they're like, Hey, like, let's touch you with a little bit of our energy just to like zap you and like let you know that son, you are on the right track again, you know? Um, and yes, you are in a meat suit right now. And so like, let's poke through that meat suit and get to that core boy. And like, remember, like we used to play with you in that like soul system, you know, and you're going to come back to us. But remember, you forgot it. You forgot it all. You chose to forget all this, dude. So you could learn something. Um, I don't know what that was. And I thought I was making shit up in my head. Like, I was just like, am I making stuff up? Is this like psychosomatic weird shit? And so like, there was a lot of staying quiet and doing like positive psych stuff and being like, well, let me go back to reading the Bible and let's see some of the stuff that, ooh, this is kind of cool stuff, you know? And kind of being a little bit more discerning rather than just kind of blindly following. So. That's the way that it's been since, and I speak up a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And hey, 10 years from now, I might disavow this moment and be like, no, I was totally wrong then. But uh, I'm cool where I am right now. And I'm cool with who's around me right now. Well, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade of, you know, <laughs> like, you're so cute right now. He's got his hands in his head, like, I'm gonna say something. <laughs> But like, I'm going to say it from a viewer's perspective who may not quite understand energy and vibration to the level that we do. We do. Ah, uh, yeah, we do. And so, <laughs> who do you do? Remind me of the babe. What babe? The power. <laughs> but like, 
and this is in a way that any any of us can understand. It's like when you go to buy a car, right? You peruse all the different car lots and then you decide that you want a specific model and a specific color and <laughs> you are like, that's the car that I want. And then like magic, everywhere you turn, <laughs> That colored car is directly in your sight because your frequency shifted to receiving that particular outcome or that particular goal. And I can say it from the perspective for women, you know, you don't ever see a pregnant person until you're pregnant. And then that's all you see. <laughs> right. And then it's like, oh, my God, they're everywhere. And in this moment, it's like we we shift our energy, which in then in turn, the universe brings us that that rep, like back to us like a mirror it reflects back to us right and so where you are and even like i'm calling you to like in the last couple of months the people that i've been interviewing on the golden mic are way more spiritual and in my head i'm like that's because you're now way more spiritual and so they're shut up so reflection of that into your awareness is, is is mirrored back to you uh i cannot refute that <laughs> uh, <laughs> what what i would say is that um it feels as if all of us are on this fun little journey. And in many ways, there's, th there's been this fun game created for us. If we treat it like a game, um, then it's, it, it almost becomes uh, too playful and we don't take it seriously. So we have to take it serious enough. But also at the same time, uh, there's some serious shit that we're gonna learn. And I'm, I, don't, I don't mean just, I don't mean our brain is going to learn but like there's some serious learning and wisdom that we're taking and this is a really fun time to be on earth to be honest with you and i th and i think that there's a lot of 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 people that are wanting to drive cars right now on like picking those rental cars because earth is the place to be right now this is the place to come you know uh, I can't believe I'm saying this shit in front of you. It, 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 like, I'm so happy it's not my audience because my audience would be like, what, dude? But, what, you're not sharing this podcast with your audience? No, no, I'm not sharing this with my audience. No, I'm going to totally share it with my audience. <laughs> but like, um, I, I, I think it is. It's a, it's a fun time for all of us to like get our rental cars and see some things. Um, it's it's a really challenging time and so it's like this beacon is being sent out it's like come on in people like this is the place to be this is the place to upgrade the system this is the place to upgrade our souls and to learn from each other and to have a, a really great time and then when it's over remember these were just meat suits you know so the pain that we felt in these meat suits wasn't really real you know it was it was meant to teach some things you know so we didn't have to suffer but the pain was real enough to get us to think and to get us to upgrade. And so there's something weird going on. I can't explain it. I'm not going to refute anything that you've said, but it is really interesting that some of the people, uh, or m many of the people that are coming on the show, even when we have agendas to talk about very specific things, like let's go and talk about happiness, or let's go and talk about making more money, 
will still go to this core sort of universal system, this universal system. And some folks are more overt about um, it being a spiritual system. Other folks are very much about like, well, well, let's tell stories. Let's make connections. Let's be vulnerable. Let's do, it's all the same shit to me now. It's all like what you're talking about, that unification. It's all the same stuff. And, and I think the fun part of living where I'm at right now is that I get to exist on both sides of that bridge. Like I get to, I get to be that like empirical joker. And I also get, get to be that woo joker. And I get to, you know, I get angry sometimes because I'm like, man, some of these spiritual people are like really hurting people right now. But then I'm like, sure. some of these empirical people are hurting people right now. And uh, maybe some of the most uh, people that we are really antagonizing and, and evil people are really jokers who are here to provoke us too, to bring out the best in us. But we have to first un understand that they're provoking us and we got to stop blaming them and like hold ourselves accountable first. But that's me just saying my own shit, right? So then let me ask you a question, right? Because whether it's spiritual or scientific or, um, you know, empirical or anything, right? We can talk about emotion, can't we? <laughs> Is that a question? <laughs> right? I, yeah. I'm, <laughs> oh, that's a precursor to a question. Yes. Let's talk about emotion. Right. And so we can say that it doesn't matter if you're spiritual or if you're not, that on the level, if we were to think of emotion as a scale, mm -hmm. as opposed to, you know, I'm spiritual or I'm not, we all know that shame, guilt, blame, resentment is a low frequency. We feel terrible. Everything bad happens to us. We, you know, we complain there. We find other people who are in that same state to surround ourselves because we we want to feel as if people are even lower than we are that is the only way right and so if we were to think of of not overwhelming people with whether it's empirical or spiritual we can we can begin on the level of grading up emotional frequency right and knowing that there's a lower one and an optimal one i i absolutely i absolutely agree i i we have built in we have built-in systems, and I, I think uh, emotion, energy in motion. Is... <laughs> I think emotion is one of the most basic systems that we can have, and I think we can all agree on it. Uh, folks who are emotionless or have only one emotion, unipolar, have a hard time navigating through, through things. You know, there's, there's something off about that GPS. Spiritualists, psychologists, lay folks, myself, Filipinos, we all seem to agree with that. Like there's, a, there's an emotional kind of uh, GPS system and we all are trying to figure out, okay, what, what does that actual joy feel like? You know, um, for many people, joy is, a, it's, it's a very hedonic feeling and it's like, okay, it's about pleasure. It's about pleasure. It's about that temporary feeling of high. Um, and then for others, it, you crack through it and it's like, oh, well, it's a certain way we live life. That's amazing, right? And then there's another level that I think where they begin to merge and it's like, well, you live life in a certain way and you also get pleasure from living life in that high vibration. And that's that joy, you know? And that uh, we don't want to live in shame and guilt and blame. And one of the biggest, uh, 
sort of uh, whatever you want to call this book, it's psychology, spirituality, whatever, was um, a, a book called um, the, the, Re- the Five Regrets of the Dying. The what? Sorry? The, the Regrets of the Dying. Okay. And, 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 and it, was a, uh, it, it was a hospice nurse that had just kept a log of people on their deathbed talking about what they were regretting. I wish I had taken more time um, to be happier was number one. I wish I'd taken more time um, to play. I wish I had taken more time um, to actually connect with my real friends and try and, instead of trying to impress so many people. I wish I had taken uh, more time when happiness came to accept and receive it. Ah, and then they'd go. They learned the lesson and they were, te- they, they were telling us, they were telling us before they left their spiritual body. I learned it. I learned it. And I'm going to return. I'm going to return to my playmates now. Um, but I learned my lesson. It was time. And for me, that is, the, their messages are joy in the present. Take time to be happier. I don't care if that's fucking positive psychology or spiritual. I don't care what that is. I just don't want to die on my deathbed feeling like I didn't have that, you know? Um, I don't want to leave this earth feeling like I didn't fully experience it. I don't want to feel like I didn't give myself an appreciation um, to play and receive. And there's people who are screaming it at me right now. And so I'm just listening to them. And And is that where the joy revolution is born from? the, The joy revolution has been born from... I think a lot of things. I, I think I just said, first of all, you need to explain the joy revolution because we're going to have a conversation. They're going to be like, "What are the heck are they talking about?" So, yeah, like, <laughs> absolutely. And, and so, uh, the joy revolution is uh, a, a lot of people will think that it's this program, and it is. It is a pro. It starts out with a program, but the program is actually just a little nudge, um, in which it says, "Can we change history for the better? Sort of live in that full purpose." and also continue to live happily. Do we, we don't have to be these martyrs that sacrifice ourselves or say, you know, hey guys, let me, uh, in this age of vulnerability, let me go and give you this TEDx speech. Woe is me. Give me your sadness. Feel guilty and sad for me. No, it's, this is my story and it can be very empowering. You know, it feels like it was painful and it was painful at the time, but like now, like I see that this story can empower people. And everybody has the ability through tapping into that joy, whatever that looks like, to be able to connect to others, whether it be storytelling, whether it be podcasting, whether it be just practicing what you're preaching. And when you're around people, you just feel that joy. You know, T, you're one of those folks that whenever we're around each other, like we're dancing, like it's contagious. You know, so is shame and guilt and blame and all that other bullshit. But why can't we just flip that and say, joy is just as contagious. So why don't we bring joy into some of the most joyless places? And I'm not saying that I'm gonna be this light in the dark. I'm not saying that I'm this Jesus or this prophet. What I'm saying is, how can we all understand that there's some light and there's some dark? And in our path, when it's dark, we know it's dark and we can still be joyful. That doesn't mean that we're crazy. Like, I'm going to say the word crazy. That doesn't mean that we're Pollyanna joyful. 
because it still means that we, you know we feel the ups and downs but how do we still like Viktor Frankl uh, when Viktor Frankl was in a uh, concentration camp, found hope to continue to exist every day, saying, one day I'm going to tell the story of me being in this con concentration camp and survived. And if I could have done that, then you guys could have done whatever it is that you want to do. But I made it through my shit. And so that's what I think the joy revolution is about. It's about sometimes in the darkest of times, we can... Con completely fold up, go into the guilt, shame, blame, all that kind of thing, which is very human. But also at the same time, can we surround ourselves with people who are energy in motion, putting joy um, uh, and that kind of frequency out and like completely being very infectious about it and going into things like Me Too campaigns, which could be very, very hard. Uh, difficult or Black Lives Matter campaigns in which people right now could uh, put out, if you agree with this person's preaching, then unfriend me right now. That's cool. That's cool if you want to do that. But also at the same time, how can we stand up and be joyful during these times of being- And have real conversations about things without disowning somebody based on their belief or their, you know what I mean? Like that there's not a closure in conversation that we can have calm conversations with each other, even if we don't agree. Yep. I, and I mean, even before I went into positive psychology, the work that I did in multiculturalism, we were trying to get people to just sit down and break bread. Um, before you talk about like, you know, history and revolution and all that kind of stuff, can we have controversy with civility? And instead of safe zones, which, uh, you know, were the thing at the time, let's create safe zones where people feel safe. That's cool. But also at the same time, can we play, can we create zones of discomfort in which someone comes in and says, you know what, I'm going to get kind of called out a little bit by, by Tamara today. She's going to call me out for knowing maybe more than I know or things that I think that I know that I don't know at all. Um, and can I, can I have, can I break bread with her and have fun and have controversy with civility? And so even before I went into the positive psychology and all that other stuff, there was still this sort of thing that I'm really grateful that my soul chose this Filipino American body to kind of be like, man, I'm kind of a kid who sticks out. Uh, how can I tell my story? And then that was sort of my way of easing in to the controversy with civility and then saying, okay, how can we do this outside of a race perspective? Oh my gosh, this could be a spiritual thing. So my question for you. <laughs> Have you asked a question at all this whole time or am I rambling? No, this is, this is profound. This is amazing. I know, I know so many people are going to get so much from this conversation, Mark. Everything has been so profoundly exactly what it needed to be. And so like the question for me is like, we, we get, we, we're trying to understand how we can be, you know, in conflict and civility at the same time. But what are your thoughts on that being the more we ground into who we are as a human, as a soul, as an essence, the more than we are not affected. So the more internal we are, the less affected we are by external things. Absolutely. And that's... I got really excited when I said that, by the way. He just his chair went back as I was went Because it's... it's it's oh god it's it's all the same stuff right so academics uh who who uh would disavow the
the existence of any kind of uh, uh, system larger than ourselves would still say things like, we have emotional intelligence. And emotional intelligence is still that idea that I know how to navigate in a world uh, in which I don't take things personally. <laughs> you know, somebody wants to say something, that's cool. You know, um, uh, it's, it's, it's not a, it's, you know, it, it's not a game of me win and you lose or you, if you win, then I lose. It's, it's not those sort, sort of things. The system is meant for all of us to really have a great time and, and learn from this. It doesn't feel like it at times, but it's, I really feel like it's meant for that. Um, and yeah, emotional intelligence, hope theory, whatever these psychologists want to call it and whatever other folks want to call it, it is all the same thing to me. Um, at this point, uh, I used to spend my drives, I, I would drive from Atlanta to Athens, Georgia for school, and I would spend it trying to soak in as much information, uh, verbose words, um, data, in order to try to be right. And I felt that um, there's, again, there's nothing wrong with academics, but for me to be in an academic setting, I would get really like testosterone crazy and want to win like uh, uh, these uh, pissing contests where I'd come in and I'd dominate with the amount of knowledge I just memorized on the way to, on the way to class. And then I'd leave being like, oh, smartest guy in class again, you know? Um, let me go and listen to the recording of me doing that. And that really wasn't the way that I wanted to live life. And so in many ways, I'm seeing it being replicated in business. I'm seeing it replicated in the way that uh, children play. I'm seeing it being um, put out in music in the way that uh, people uh, uh, digest uh, the media. That's cool with me. I watch wrestling every Monday. I understand the conflict. It's, it's a fun storytelling thing. But also at the same time, if it's not done with a wink, wink and a nod, nod, and we're all taking it personally, and we're all thinking like, I dominated that classroom today. Really? Really? That was my existence to like come in and spit out memorized shit to five people? I don't know. And, and, and so I think that uh, that emotional intelligence, that connection that you're talking about, there's really something to it, T. Uh, and I don't know what the actual term is and I actually don't care. I just want to have more conversations than these unipolar things where I'm digesting things and, and regurgitating. So. Oh man, I feel like I, you and I could, there's so many other avenues that I would want to go, right? Like, I know, like, and then, and then, that's why guys, let us know if you want us to have a podcast together where we can. I was gonna, I was gonna say, you just took the, 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 the idea from me. We, we might need to have a podcast or something together. <laughs> Right. But like the, the fact of the matter is, Mark, you are like I've, I've said this to you. I love uh, who you are and what you do. Right. Like I love how you show up for the people that you're here to serve and you invite greatness out of everyone. And and so knowing that like, like people, Mark is the real deal. And, and he truly is a genuine human. And and so I know that there are some listeners that are listening right now. And I'm not sure if I'm frozen there. Okay, there we go. <laughs> who, uh, I know, uh, who are like, you know, I love what he's saying, the tie-in, the connecting, the being, all of those things. And they're like, how, how can I be in 
Mark's energy and, and in what it is that he's putting out. Cause it's not just the joy revolution. He has make money coaching. Like there's other ways in which, you know, people can work with you. And so can you just let them know where to find you, how to reach out to you, how to, to have more conversation with you about all this? Just look me up on Facebook, Mark Cordon, M-A-R-C-C-O-R-D-O-N, or email me, Mark, M-A-R-C, at markcordon.com. I'm, I'm an open book. I love having the conversation. And like, the thing that I love the most is that um, I know that there's somebody listening who is go going to send me a message that's going to profoundly change my life. And that's what I appreciate right now is that you and I on this, what, January 3rd uh, afternoon are having this conversation in real time. This is going to be cranked out to a whole bunch of people who will be listening to this a couple days from now or a couple weeks from now or even a couple years from now. And I'll get a message from somebody at the right time telling me like, hey, I just heard your story. And it's going to be in the moment of my shame and my guilt and my blame that this person is going to show up and send me a message that um, our conversation today, T, really provoke them to maybe live in more joy. And that makes me excited to know that there's somebody out there that's listening to this in the future that's going to bring me to a greater stage of joy. It's weird. You know, I just want to Celestine prophecy with you. I want to go into like also, like I said, like there's so many things to continue on with you. We will have more conversations. I'm telling you that I have more questions than answers right now. So like, I, I want to know, I, I have the book Celestine prophecy, never read it. I want to know more about uh, Akashic records. I was trying to read up on that list. There's too many things out there right now that uh, I, like we need to know more about, I think everybody has come here again. Everybody has come here for a reason. We have chosen to be here, which is great. It doesn't mean we were born into this uh, life of bull crap and, and, and uh, victim victimness and uh, low energy. We all have that agency. Awesome. And um, I would love to know what these, what all these things that I'm Googling and have no idea what I'm falling down these uh, wormholes. Well, I'm going to have Kelly Reese on the podcast and she can explain Akashic Records <laughs> yeah. for us and make it easy. And so yes. that'll be how we do that. Um, I'm going to ask you um, a really important question though, uh, because I think that books are, are like messengers in, in energetic space, right? Like we have the capacity as constant learners to pick up a book and have a profound shift by somebody sharing a story, which is part of what we've talked about today. And so I know that you mentioned the, the, the questions or the whatever um, death, was that the most pivotal book you've ever read? Or is there one that stands out as being like a real game changer for you? Wow. It depends on the first stage. answer is the right answer. It depends on the stage of my development. I would say that probably the first answer that comes up is uh, that and this other book that I've been reading nonstop for about a year and a half called Pastrix. Pastrix? Yep. Nadia Boltz Weber, uh, who uh, she, she grew up in a very conservative church, ended up. Uh, deviating from that, kind of trying to go into comedy, got tatted up, fell into drugs, and now is a pastor. You know, oh, she's that really cool pastor. Yep. I have seen YouTube videos of her. Yep. 
And uh, just to kind of throw this out, uh, in, in when I started my book, Beyond Resilient, um, I started with her quote, and I worked around that book, and, or I worked around that quote, because it was so meaningful to me at that time. Um, yes, there's many books that came into play, but that particular book from that particular person with that particular story, it just seems like something I can continue to pick up and pick up and pick up and like, you know how stories just always seem new, like the really great ones, like every single time that that's a book that is just, it's just really cool. And she curses and she's really amazing. And well, I've seen her, I've seen her. So like, I know what you're saying. And, and so what's really cool is like somebody I'm on my podcast said to me, it'd be cool if like, so I want to put like a book list of, of, cause I asked this question. And so like the 2008 podcast, people are going to have like, the book, like I'm going to have a post about the top books from 2018 as my guests. And, and, and I, this one will go on the 2019 list. Of my is a must read. Yes. I love it. Mark, thank you for coming on today. I feel like you and I have endless conversation. Was that an hour? It was an hour, over an hour. Like it doesn't, it feels like a blink of an eye with you. It does. And you know what's awesome was like, we had, I came in and you were recording right away. We had nothing. That's never happened. So I'm leaving it as being the way it was divinely meant to happen. <laughs> Sister, I love you. I love you. I love you so much. Thank you so much for coming and sharing uh, your spiritual journey with us. <laughs> <laughs> and we will talk very soon. Have oh, yeah. I'm flicking off the devil, everybody. I'm off the devil. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. We will, for all those listening, uh, please hashtag myself and Mark and let us know um, how this podcast affected you. Thank you so much, guys.